Welcome to the Employee Safety Podcast from Alert Media. We provide business professionals with insights and ideas for protecting their people from the vast array of threats facing organizations today. Each week, you'll hear advice and best practices from an experienced safety leader. Here's your host, Peter Steinfeld. Well, hello. Hope you're having a great week so far. Today, we're talking about building a secure, resilient organization. And who better to speak about this topic than two experienced leaders from Starbucks? With more than 33,000 locations and 380,000 employees worldwide, Starbucks relies on a team of experts who can approach business resiliency from all sides. We're very lucky to be joined today by Megan Murphy and Michelle Kubo. Megan is the Senior Manager of Crisis Management at Starbucks, where she supports the entire enterprise in times of crisis. Michelle is the Senior Project Manager of Programs and Strategies and supports safety and security in partner preparedness. Both have extensive backgrounds in the public sector and bring vast experience to their roles. In this episode, Megan and Michelle discuss how they support the organization from the enterprise level down to every retail location. Let's dive in. Megan and Michelle, thank you so much for being here. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, thanks, Peter. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get into it. I understand that both of you touch on different aspects of business resilience at Starbucks. Can you tell us about your backgrounds and roles? And maybe, Michelle, you can go first. So I come to Starbucks from government. So professionally, I have a very traditional emergency management background. So I'm trained in incident command systems, Homeland Security grants, all of the very like, I work at a county, I do emergency management. So I've done all sorts of things in that realm, worked in operation centers, coordination centers. But my true passion has always been public education. So how do we take preparedness, readiness, resilience to everybody? And really, how do we incorporate the skills that allow us to do what we need to during our worst situations into everyday situations? What brought me to Starbucks personally is I am a native of Seattle. So Starbucks is iconic. I mean, you dream about working for Starbucks as a young kid. I came into this role specifically to help prepare our partners. So help make sure that partners understand what they needed to do in case something were to happen. And as a government employee, I was thinking, what a better way to help encourage the community than to get the baristas prepared, right? Because most people know where their local Starbucks is, but I would bet you money people don't know where their local fire department or police department is, right? And so I really was excited about helping 300,000 employees understand what they can do and to, I mean, hopefully share that message with their loved ones. And then I moved into our strategy portion, which really now I just help our different departments within global security and resilience with things they need support on. So that's where I currently sit now. And I help Megan with our mass communication tool because it's so big and I think it's so impactful to our partners. That's fantastic. And Megan, how about you? Mine's a little bit different in that I worked for the federal government for just about 10 years. I did not dream about going into emergency management. It was something I, I kind of fell into when I was detailed into a position at the Office of Secretary of Defense and ended up working for, like I said, about 10 years developing emergency response planning exercises and policy for accidents and incidents that deal with U.S. nuclear weapons. 
So it was a very interesting environment. It was a lot of fun and, and I got to work with a lot of great people, but I was ready to leave DC about six years ago when I moved out to the Seattle area. I'm not a native Seattleite, but loved it out here and enjoy all that this area had to offer uh, and worked in a couple of different places before landing at Starbucks. But I've been with the company now for three years. I lead our crisis management program. And my main job is to help the enterprise respond to unexpected business disruptions. So while a lot of my time is spent working with the retail operations, also help other parts of the organization prepare and plan for, and then in the need, respond to, to those business disruptions in the best way possible. Well, Megan, has there been any kind of aha moment at any point in your career that inspired you to approach emergency management, let's say, differently? Absolutely. I would actually point to an experience I had before I even got into this field. When I finished college, I joined the Peace Corps. And there was one experience that's really stuck with me throughout my, basically my whole life. I was visiting a, a Roma community center. I served in the Slovak Republic in Eastern Europe. And the Roma community is very marginalized, does not have a lot of resources, and is not really treated all that well in the country that I was living in. And I was visiting this community center and one of their donor groups came by and they were talking to the locals. And there was just a big disconnect between the local people that live there and were experiencing life in that small village and, and this donor group that was coming from a wealthy Northern European country. And I remember I was sitting next to this, this individual who lived there and he was getting really frustrated because the local team was telling them what they needed and the donors just weren't listening. And he said to me, in Slovak, which I spoke, you know, they don't even speak our language. And there was something about that statement that really rang true, because I really think that a lot of issues come up between people when they don't speak the language. And sometimes that's an actual language. Also, just understanding where someone's coming from and understanding what someone's lived experience can be. And so I've, I've really tried to bring that lesson to my work really throughout my career. But other times, it can mean going to work in a store and, and learning how to be a barista. Michelle and I both had this opportunity to do barista training and actually work in stores for a couple of weeks so that we actually understand what it's like to be in the front line serving and making drinks and dealing with customers. In other circumstances, when I work for DOD, you know what a word means for someone from the FBI could mean something very different for somebody who works for State Department or DOD or DHS. And so I really just feel like the more we can spend time learning about each other's languages and trying to empathize and just be mindful of that, the more successful we can be. Yeah. Seek to understand before you seek to be understood. I remember years ago, I was very young. I worked for a, as a waiter at a restaurant that had grown into a fairly large chain and they hired a new CFO. And I worked in the original restaurant that they had created. So they sent the CFO to run through every position for a week in that organization, from busing tables to waiting tables to tending bar to cooking, cleaning at night, everything. Because they figured if the CFO could understand all those things from the perspective of the people that did them, he would make better decisions when it came to investing the company's resources. So I, I love your story there. And it's been very gratifying to see that our new CEO is doing similar type of work where he's going out into stores and learning how to become a barista and really shadowing a lot of our frontline workers, because I think that will make him better in the long run since he'll have that, that firsthand experience. Absolutely. Well, Michelle, how are you applying the skills you learned in the public sector to your role? Well, I can tell you, I don't use all of the acronyms I learned in the government in my current <laughs> role. 
But no, what I would say is that from an education and an outreach perspective, which is really where my background is, it's really not that different. A lot of the same games, or you could call them games if you have a low threshold for fun, like I do, that we used to do in the government that we've tried to do in some of our outreach things for Starbucks is what would you do if, you know, what would you do if something bad were to happen? I would say the understanding of being patient is incredibly important. And I think processes are really important, especially for crisis management, whatever type of disaster management you want to call it. It's understanding your roadmap, where you want to go without being too tied to specific things you need to do, which I think sometimes gets lost. But Starbucks has been really good about you know, making sure we know where we're going without it being overly dictated. Yeah, flexibility is so crucial. Well, what kinds of emergency response training do you do at Starbucks? Megan, maybe you can go first on that one. Sure. So all of our partners are, which is what we call our employees, take any number of trainings, a lot of online trainings, including things like de-escalation and dealing with difficult customers and office safety trainings for those of us that are support partners. But then my favorite type of training that we do is our discussion-based training. And so I usually will set these up with the different business units to talk about our crisis management framework and work with the leaders to make sure that they understand kind of how we would approach a crisis if it were to happen to them or involve them. And so asking the team to talk about how they would approach different problems, kind of what Michelle was just talking about with these different scenarios. And we tailor those for the team, the location that they're in. And then I just kind of let the teams go loose because I think that the best part of those trainings is when they can learn from their colleagues. Often we have people that have worked for Starbucks for 10, 20 years. And so they've seen a lot and they've had to respond to a lot of different circumstances. And I just think that when we allow people to have the chance to talk about this very, very directed and specifically, it gives that opportunity for people to share what they've done, what they've learned and some of those best practices that can be shared widely. What do you find the reaction is to that kind of training? Usually we get really good feedback. I think that leadership makes a huge difference. And we have great leaders in the field that are often encouraging their teams to participate and to speak. And the more we see of that, usually the more engaged everyone is. Sometimes we'll get shyer folks Mm -hmm. and that they're not maybe as forthcoming with their information. And generally speaking, we get a lot of good feedback. Michelle, what would you add to the different kinds of emergency response training that you guys do? Yeah, we, to Megan's point, we do a lot of retail-based video trainings. Some of the ones that I think are incredibly impactful to our partners is we have a series on behaviors of concern, workplace violence, and active shooter. And they're three-minute, three to four-minute videos that really focus on actions that they can take to ensure that they are prepared if a situation like that were to arise in their location. We have retail partners take those trainings multiple times a year. And we also really encourage them to have conversations about those trainings. Because again, to Megan's point and the point before, it's all about people feeling like they can respond and then being able to talk through the different scenarios they would take. There's a lot of work going on with active shooter trainings that are not video-based, but are actually 
conversation-based where partners can say, in this situation, what would you do and vice versa? And then we also really try to do as many in-person trainings where people can not only learn the information, but then engage with each other afterwards to continue to share best practices. So it's a constant learning journey, right? Like them learning the topics and then us learning how to best get the information out in a way that is digestible. No, that's huge. And I can imagine with the type of employee base that you have, turnover is going to be just naturally in the industry you're in higher than perhaps in other industries. So it's got to be something that's easily repeatable too, as you have new folks coming in. Is that a fair statement? Completely. Yeah. We, that's why the videos are so great is because they are easy to redeploy as partners either need a refresher or they come on as new. But then we also have very distinct populations. We have a retail team, right? That skews younger. They're out in the public. You have a corporate group of people who skew a little bit older, maybe later in their career. And then you have manufacturing, which is also another population that's very distinct. So they're not only in different physical environments, they have different mindsets, different demographics. So training really has to be comprehensive to incorporate all of them. Yeah, that's always a challenge when you're thinking about all these folks. And that leads me to my next question, which is what are some of the strategies that you use to get just company-wide buy-in and alignment on all these programs? You've already talked to a few of them, but Megan, what would you comment on that? Yeah, from the crisis management perspective, we wanted something that would be repeatable, whether we're looking at an incident at a specific store or something that impacts the entire enterprise or anything in between. And so we looked at how can we, what are the things that we really need to focus on regardless of what the context is? And then what are the ways that we can escalate issues as they get bigger and that local team is unable to handle it on their own? And so we spent a lot of time working on um, developing that process and also socializing it throughout the company so that people would understand where they could plug in depending on what was happening in their own environment. So there's really six things that we focus on that are relevant regardless of the scale of what is happening as well as which part of the enterprise. So the first are our partners, our people, making sure everyone is safe and accounted for, looking at our pay situation for our retail partners and our manufacturing partners. That's usually really a prime focus for them, as well as making sure our vendors and folks like that are getting paid. Our property, making sure our locations, whether that's a store or our manufacturing sites or our support centers are in good shape or if anything needs to be addressed there. And our product, so making sure we have the ability to open or you know, address any concerns. Then we're also focused on communication. Anyone in the emergency response field knows that that's an incredibly important, maybe the most important piece, just making sure everyone knows who is communicating to who and making sure that that message is going both up and down the chain so that everyone knows what is happening. And then for us at Starbucks, it's very important, this last piece is making sure that we're showing up for our communities. And it's something that we take a lot of pride in, particularly after events like a natural disaster and ensuring that we are there to support first responders as well as the rest of our community when something bad is happening. Whether, again, we're talking about something where the CEO might be weighing in to make decisions or if it's something down at the store level or anywhere in between, it's worked really well and everyone feels really comfortable with that framework. 
I love that framework of just knowing exactly what are the three or six or 10 things that you just need to know the answer to in an emergency, regardless of what it is. And it really keeps you focused on the important stuff. So that's just absolutely fantastic. Well, thinking about disasters, can either of you speak to a crisis or emergency that Starbucks faced that had a great outcome or an important lesson learned that you'd be willing to share? I guess I can speak. I would say that we had two different emergencies that have occurred on my watch here at Starbucks. One where we maybe didn't do as well of a job as I would have liked and one where we've been a little bit more successful. So the first was right after I started um, in 2020, as most organizations dealt with, we had a lot of civil unrest and protests in the summer of 2020 after the death of George Floyd. And as a company that has a lot of locations and a lot of different places, while we were not the target of those protests, we were often collateral damage, I should say. And so we were, where I would say we weren't as successful is that I don't think we recognized the extent of what was happening until, not that it was too late, but I just feel like we could have been a little faster to provide support to the field and to provide a resource for the, the teams that were having to deal with that and all of the different impacts to our supply chain, to our facilities, to our partners that were out in the field and to the people that were feeling impacted by this event personally and had emotional stakes in what was happening. And so I learned a lot personally on how we could be a little faster when we start to see that type of event happen. Hopefully I've done a little bit better and our team has done a little bit better as we learn from that experience. And then on the flip side, I would say with Hurricane Ian, we were able to really provide support to all of the different partners in Florida. We were able to work with the team that's local there to provide resources to make sure that we could get our stores closed beforehand, make sure our partners knew that they had support mechanisms in place. And, and this is where Alert Media really came into play. We were able to send out messages to all of our partners that were living in the state of Florida and then later on some of the other Southeast states to make sure that they were safe and accounted for and that they didn't need support. And for those that did experience damage that they were able to get into contact with people within the company and get some further resources for them. So good and bad. We've had a lot of experiences over the last couple of years since I've been in this role. Also, just to play on what Megan said and to give her team kudos is crisis management builds so many relationships throughout the year around natural disasters or other issues that are going on. And I think that plays out when we have, we do a lot of really large scale events and we did a Chicago event in 2019 where we brought 10,000 employees to a brand new city. And while nothing happened, the communication that was built because of the constant outreach and training to all of the other functional groups helped people feel comfortable that if something bad were to happen, that they would know that there was a team there ready to support them. And I think that that is just something we forget to talk about is like the relationships that are built that are ready for when something could potentially happen that's already there and it's already ready to stand up and respond. Well, as we start to wrap things up here, Michelle, what advice do you have to help someone in a similar role as yours be successful? I would say understand what your capabilities are. And I mean that from like a functional perspective. So I think one of the big things for me is I like to know what am I trying to accomplish? What is my end goal? And I think you can take that view for just emergency management programs in general or security programs is 
what should this function be doing? Like emergency management security could be a thousand different things depending on what organization you are in. So then if my function is respond to disasters, how good am I at doing that? And there, where do I need to work? Where are my gaps, right? Because then you can really build your plan. You can drive training, funding, resourcing. It really provides a nice view. And I think that to be successful personally in emergency management or in a strategy capacity like I'm sitting in now, it's to understand what success looks like. And I would just encourage anyone to spend an hour of time writing down what success is for your role. I think it real it's really helped me kind of figure out what I should be doing and where I should be going in a world that is can be pretty vague sometimes, but also can be anything and everything you want it to be. Yeah. And it can help you course correct because you might think, hey, this is my success criteria. I'm going to chase this. And then someone else goes, that's not important. And you're like, oh, <laughs> okay, maybe yes. I need to change that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's never happened to me before, but I hear it happen. <laughs> Megan, I, I, it's never happened to you before either. But with that in mind, what would you say to someone starting out in this field? What kind of advice would you give? I think my number one advice would be not to lose focus on the customer. I spent 10 years in the Pentagon and I would often come across other people working in policy and their thought of who the customer was, was the SecDef or the administration or somebody high up. Well, yes, they can be your customer. The person that I always saw as my customer was your lowest level guy standing watch out in the field. And for Starbucks, obviously the CEO is my customer, but the other customer I really want to focus on is that person who works in the manufacturing plant or the 16-year-old barista. You know, sometimes it's hard to remember that, you know, what we do and what policies are writing for or programs that we're designing are for that person that maybe doesn't get a voice. And so having the humility to recognize that we need to make sure we're keeping them in mind is vitally important if we're going to be successful to build on to what Michelle was saying. If we're not doing right by that person, we're not actually accomplishing what we should with our goals. And so the more you can get out and spend time with people who are in those lower level positions that maybe don't have as much exposure to the big brass, the better you're going to be and just more empathetic and more successful. Well, I love how you guys take the concept of duty of care to the top, bottom, left, right, every corner of the organization. That's really fantastic. Well, Megan, looking ahead to the rest of 2023, what are your top priorities from an emergency management perspective? It's not news to anyone that our founder, Howard Schultz, came back early last year, and he'll be moving on as our new CEO, Lachman Narasimham is moving into that role. And so right now, a big focus for my team is to make sure that him and his team and his executives are familiar with our program. So we recently did a briefing for them. Again, so we're making sure that our framework is familiar from the top down. And of course, continuing our training for the rest of the business units that we work with. And then always just, you know, my focus is always making sure that when the unexpected happens, that we're prepared and respond quickly and effectively. And you never know when those events are going to happen in this field. So just making sure that we stay rested and you know ready and and hopefully can come in whenever we need to and, and provide the support that the organization needs. Well, Michelle, what are your and your team's biggest focuses right now? 
Yeah. So as the strategy and programs team, we really look cross-functionally across all of the different groups within the global security and resilience function. So for us, we brought in two new kind of functional teams under the GSNR umbrella. So our partner in asset protection, as well as loss prevention. And so we're looking at how do we incorporate them into the everyday workings of global security? How do we make sure that we're better integrated with those teams, although we already work wonderfully with them, but how do we really make sure that all of the programs are working together and making and adding value to the enterprise? And then I would say the second thing really is um, we're working on a, a program right now that gets safety and security further upstream in processes related to our stores. So for example, new store builds, remodels, how do we make sure that safety and security is there from the beginning? So we really wanna be more proactive in all of the work that we do. And we're really looking at crisis management because they're incredibly proactive in their work. So how do we take some of those lessons and apply it to all of our other functions within global security? Because we'd like nothing bad to ever happen and we'd like to prevent that at the start, knowing that's not possible, but we're going to try our best to do that. So those are the two big things that we're working on is integration of these new functions and also being more proactive in our approach to running our company. Hope for the best, but plan for the worst. Yep. Well, Megan and Michelle, thank you so much for sharing your experience and advice with us today. You guys really have a big organization and a lot of people to take care of, but based on the comments you shared today, I know that everyone is in fantastic hands. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, thank you so much for having us. It was a lot of fun. Well, if you want to connect with Megan and Michelle, be sure to check our show notes for details. That's all we have for today. So thank you for listening to the Employee Safety Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. You can also rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. Have a safe week, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Employee Safety Podcast from Alert Media the industry's most intuitive emergency communication and threat intelligence solution. To learn more about how to protect your people and business during critical events, visit alertmedia.com. Until next time.